Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. And now, part three of our three-part conversation with Ia Afro, culturalist and historical trauma specialist, as well as my friend and fellow activist, Leanna Taylor. Stay tuned as we discuss more steps we can take to heal historical traumas. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Now, movement yes. covers a lot. a lot, but I think that what you're talking about specifically is walking. Moving the body. If it's, so this includes this things includes like yoga? Yoga. This includes um, going to the gym. This includes CrossFit. This includes anything, but I don't like to say exercise, right? Because exercise implies a certain thing. Yeah, but, a certain outcome maybe. Yeah, and, and you know, that exercise is like, okay, I go to the gym and I do, you know what I mean? So it's we like say movement. Too. Yeah, and it's movement. It's yeah, anything. I want to add something here. Um, yeah. I think maybe I knew this or didn't know it i don't know if i knew it or not mm -hmm. but first thing you said something about we're hard wired for movement mm -hmm. um i believe there is a scientific basis for that as well mm -hmm. you know, obviously we have very big brains as right. humans mm -hmm. brains exist to facilitate movement um things with brains evolve brains because they need to move mm -hmm. um this is why trees don't have brains, you know, or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, there's a scientific basis for that. Also, I want to add this. Moving, I, I'm not sure where I came, came across this, but I suspect I was very, very young. Um, when you, when you're walking, taking a walk. Mm -hmm. It helps with conversation. So I might have learned this in like the first grade, mm -hmm. something like that from a teacher. This was not, I, I don't recall it coming from a scientific basis yeah. later in my life, but I, I was told this by some authority, uh -huh. um, 
at a very young age. And so I started to pay particular attention when my grandmother used to take me and my cousins for walks, right? And we would just get out of the house and walk around. This is in Compton, California. So it was, yeah. you know, but, um, I grew up and then I had my own sons and they hit that age where they start asking all of them questions, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would take them outside and walk with them and we would do it daily. We still do it. We now we have bikes, you know, but. Um, walking, we still walk, make no mistake. Yes. Might take a walk tomorrow. That's how we do around here. But I have my walking stick out there and everything, you know. Anyway, walking exists at a pace that does not, is not too excitable for your mind. This is what I've learned walking with my children. Um, as the scene changes, it inspires new um, elements of conversation, mm-hmm. inspires new thoughts. Yeah. When you're dealing with a child, as he, in my case, I have boys, as he is growing up and learning more about the world, is, is learning more about language and himself and who he is relative to the world. Um. All the questions come up. Why did they paint this rock? Why are there three different types of red? How come some people evolved from monkeys, but they're still monkeys? You know, um, all kinds of neat questions. I have a lot of them recorded, you know, um, because they were very cool and from both of my children. So I learned this twice. And so to hear you talk about movement and how cathartic healing um, tranquil that is, um, I want to say that I know that to be true firsthand. And I also didn't know that it was true until you said it. And so that's why I kind of have that. And I'm going to add a little, another little piece to it. Mm -hmm. So when we do anything that is what is referred to as being an optic flow, right? So when we're running, when we're walking, when we're bicycling. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Flow, okay, right? Cool. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. There's a form of therapy called EMDR, right? And it's very successful in treating um, trauma, especially a specific trauma, like somebody is raped or something like that. And EMDR, um, I'm going to forget what it is, but uh, okay, I'm not going to try to remember, but EMDR. Mm-hmm. And the way EMDR was discovered was there was a psychologist at Stanford University and um, she was feeling very stressed during her lectures. And she, after the lectures, she would go out and take a walk. And while she walked, she realized that her brain started to regulate and she started to feel calm and she felt safe and she felt pleasure. And so she went in and, um, oh, great. So she went in and she... Um, did some study around it. And what she found is that when we're in optic flow, our eyes make these very small lateral movements, right? Back and forth, back and forth. And those lateral movements impact the nervous system and regulate the nervous system. I believe that. And that's how they developed EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm therapy which works well for trauma okay so that's another piece that 
is added to running, walking, bicycling. Okay. So there's movement. Yes. And this is something that is separate from dance slash de, what, what is the word that we use? Debrief. 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 Dance yes. and debriefing. Yes. So. So we can throw dancing in there with movement, right? But we also have these other little things that happen in another part of the brain. Well, when yes. I think of dancing, I think of dancing and debriefing mm-hmm. um, as they, they could be two separate disciplines. But right. I'm, I'm glad I'm taking these notes. Yes. Because dancing, uh, there's a cultural element there with music. Right. And there's a cultural connection there. Yes. Um, a collective dancing. And then the debriefing or the the um, initiation of this version of myself and then debriefing back and reacclimating myself to my tribe or my family. Yeah. Um, whereas movement is probably more routine mm-hmm. and like a daily thing. Dancing might yes. not take place in the same way and it might not have the same. Um, it might not. Um, how do I want to say this? It, it might not have the same cultural Yes. sort of element there right. so they they are they they there's 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 some overlap but there's a lot more where they right. um there's a there's a lot more benefit to just dancing yes. and debriefing and a yes. lot more benefit to just movement you know and so i want i want for you our listener to know that these can exist in the same space but if it's possible for them to exist separately as separate practices that's good too so where we are is dancing debriefing Laughing, collective laughing. Yes. Friendships and relationships. That is the one that yes. is key. Yes. And here we are with uh, movement. So yes. um, we're on the seven circles of wellness. Right. Um, any, anything else? We can go to land. What's our relationship to the land? And so especially in a lot of collectivist um, cultures, black, indigenous people of color, we have attachment to land. If you hear, especially you'll hear it a lot with Native American people, right? They may be talking about the four-legged. Maybe they're praying and they say something about the four-legged and they pray for the four-legged animals or connection to the turtles or what have you. But there's a connection to land that's important to have in order to establish wellness. That has to be part of the balance. Am I harvesting the land? Do I have my hands in the soil of the land? Um, how am I making connection to nature and land? And that's a very big part of wellness. So like when I worked out in Gila River Indian community and I worked with children that were really struggling and um, uh, from very disempowered community and families that were struggling, we didn't do like talk therapy and necessarily do all this formal stuff we would sometimes garden because they were agriculturalists. And so we have this cultural piece, which you pointed out so brilliantly in our last piece, right, with movement. Mm -hmm. But we have the cultural piece that we're reconnecting to, which says we were agriculturalists. My ancestors had their hand in the soil. They planted, they farmed. And then we have this other piece, which is I'm connecting to nature. I'm connecting to spirit that's in nature, especially for indigenous cultures that um, where spirit is very, very important. So land is another piece, another one of the seven circles of wellness. There's a great organization in town here in Arizona called the Tiger Mountain Foundation that is community gardening yeah, I know about this. Um, for uh, returning citizens from prison, prison yeah. 
as a, a form of avoiding recidivism. Mm-hmm. It's been very successful. Yes. Same thing down in our schools in Tucson. They brought gardening into um, schools. Mm-hmm. And we have some schools that went from D-rated schools up to B-minus rated schools just by bringing that gardening program and having kids interacting with nature and then involving the community in this process. Mm. And again, it's another way, right? In, in, in one particular school, it was very fascinating, so I'll just throw it out quickly, but they grew. It was a Latin, predominantly Latin school. Mm-hmm. They grew all the ingredients that they needed for salsa. And the kids took care of all these ingredients. Mm. And then when everything was ready, they made salsa. They invited people from the community. They invited parents and families. And now here we have several of those things that we talk about that are important for neurological regulation and wellness. We have it all simultaneously happening, being kicked off by this attachment to land. Mm. So it's another important piece for uh, for wellness. Okay. So now we have... Dancing, debriefing, laughter, collective laughter, mm-hmm. uh, friendships slash relationships, mm-hmm. movement, yes. and land. Land. And then we'll add community. And we gave a good example of community just, you know, when we talked about the gardening and schools. But that connection to community and that involves also, right, relationships. How are we relating with the community? Do we have good relationships? Are we working for the community? Are we doing some type of volunteerism? Are we appointed to a board on the community or, you know, what are we doing within the community? Because that too adds to our, that balance of wellness. I want to add something here. Okay. Because community is a word Mm -hmm. that can mean any number of things, but it's, I think it's when you really delineate who are we and what are we contributing yes. to the community that it starts to live in my mind. Yes. Um, I'm a person who for the majority of my adult life has been celebrated in my city. Mm-hmm. Um, they've put me, I've been, I've been, you know, I'm out there, you know, billboards and TV and magazines and that sort of stuff. And that's some cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. But as it turns out, those things don't make you happy. Um, Money is not a thing that makes you happy. Believe me when I say I know a lot of people with way more money than I have. And that's not what makes them happy. Money can allow you to enjoy happiness. It can provide the framework for you to enjoy your happiness. Mm-hmm. But um, it in and of itself does not create happiness. And what hundred thousand dollars, right? <laughs> I think I think, the, I think I think the threshold is actually a lot lower than that, but I know what you mean. It used to be. They yeah. raised it. They did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then you hit that tipping point over four hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't mean happiness actually goes down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so they did raise it. Okay. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up mm-hmm. I kind of knew a little bit about this. I've been, again, my teacher, Dr. Westenberg, she 
made sure that I was going to give back when I finished school. And at the time, we didn't know that I was going to have this career as a broadcaster and be all over the place. Um, she just thought I was a special person. I'm so glad that she did because I needed that at that time. I still need it. She made sure that I came back and that I volunteered my time at the MLK Youth Celebrations and at the HBCU College Fairs and that I came and I spoke. And then, of course, I came and spoke as Ramses Jaw from Power 92. You know, that's, the, you know, the guy that you hear on the radio, that sort of thing. 101.1, the beat, you know, this sort of stuff that was happening. So I had a predisposition toward giving back, making sure that I, my, my ledger was at zero with the universe. Mm -hmm. I came across some information that says that human beings are at their happiest when we are in service to others. Not when we are hustling and grinding and getting it and we're the man turning up in the clubs and our name is on the flyer and our face is on TV and we drive down the street we're on the billboards. We're happiest when we're in service to other people. And eventually I ended up starting a nonprofit where I organized community efforts to, me and Q actually, me and Q Ward was on the show all the time to feed the homeless. And we partnered with food banks and we partnered with big businesses in our city so that we can get this off. And I realized that giving something to someone who cannot give it back to you, and if they did, it would, like their money is no good, you have those goosebump feelings, the feelings where you feel like you're in flow with your, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, divine purpose. I don't even know what that means, but that's what felt like coming out of my mouth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by it. Um, I think that being in alignment with community in that way, how am I making my community better? How am I giving a piece of myself to something in exchange for nothing back? Right. How am I making sure that at the end of my life, when my family and my friends have to bury me, how am I making sure that they will be able to look at me one last time and say, he did right by us? My sister, it's a running joke in my family. They put my name and my the years I lived, my birthday and the damn I passed. And then put right below it, he did right by us. That's the only thing I want. As long as you can say, my sisters, that I did right by you, then I feel like I will have lived a good life. You don't have to put Ramses, he made X amount of dollars or he was, they put him, they put him on TV, you know, and mm -hmm. those things don't. Yeah. What do you, what does that mean really? But, but the thing, like he did right by us. Um, and I think that again, that speaks to, the, the idea of community and who am I in relationship to community. Right. And so I appreciate that as a, as a healing element, Absolutely. something that we can internalize and, and make a part of our healing journey. In addition to the rest of these, I believe that yes. we're 
toward the end. I know we're, we've yeah. been here for some time. So yeah. let's, let's, let's touch on the, the last one here. Um, I will go to, we have ceremony is another one. Mm. How are we incorporating ceremony? And that doesn't mean necessarily a religious practice. Okay. I lived for about a year in India. And one of the things that scared me most about living. <laughs> Sorry. Of course, this, you, of course you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Sure. Uh, but one of the, one of the things that scared me, I lived in a, in an ashram and I, I had my baby son with me. So he was about six or seven at the time. And one of the things you live this very austere life, right? You sleep on the floor. There's no air conditioning. The water comes out brown. Sometimes, you know, the electricity works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and my most fearful was hand washing our clothes. So just, I, I was just very intimidated by this. My kid was six or seven. There was red clay dirt. And on Tuesdays, his school uniform was completely white and they had recess on the same day. So that meant, right? Like we don't have computers. We're not playing video cube or, you know, any of these other things. You're out playing in the red clay dirt. And now mom has to clean this uniform. Mm. So I was very afraid by this. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to do this? I don't think I'm going to know how to do it right. I'm used to a machine, blah, blah, blah. And so I learned how to do it, right? And we go out to the rock and we hit the clothes on the rock. And then that would kind of loosen up some of the dirt. And so we do that for a while. And we had this rhythm hitting the clothes on the rock, right? You get a rhythm of doing it. Mm. And then you had a scrubber in your hand and you'd scrub. And you hit the clothes on the rock. The process, and trust me when I say I'm not all woo-woo and new agey, right? I promise I'm not. But this process became the favorite part of my day mm. because it was so neurologically regulating. I didn't understand necessarily that it was neurologically regulating in that moment. But this ceremony, this ritual of being alone, being at the river, if I wanted to pray, if I wanted to do my chanting, if I wanted to do, do any of those things, I had the perfect rhythm, connection to nature, um, God's ear if you will, to do that. That's a ceremony. Mm. So what ceremonial practices do we have in our life that help us to regulate, help us to center, provide the opportunity to have conversation with spirit, higher power, ancestor, whatever you believe in, that's a part of wellness as well. <laughs> Sounds like we're, we've covered seven, did we? I have a few more. I'll go through them quickly. Oh, please. We have food, right? Food, what okay. we put in our body, okay. right? We know many cultures. I lived in, <laughs> you're going to laugh again, but I lived in China for a while. You did. And yeah. part of and a Shaolin temple. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, On the top of and, the mountain. I'm, I'm and, sure of it. No, I really did. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. My son, no, my son trained in Kung Fu. You're a but wise person. We, one of the things with the medicine, uh, a, a, Chinese medicine doctor who lived in the area, his wife would cook for me because I was struggling with the food. Mm. And she taught me. She would have a lot of different uh, dishes and there would be like beets in this one and there would be something in this one and this one. And each one was medicine really, right? It was food, but it was medicine. This is going to clean your blood. This is good for your liver. This is good for your um, circulation. And so we know that food really is medicine, right? Food is vibrational. Mm. Food provides us nutrition. When we eat what our traditional culture ate, 
that's a form of healing. We have culanderas, uh, healers that are here in Phoenix, and uh, they use food as part of healing people from trauma and toxic stress. Food is part of the healing process. So we know food is a big part of our overall wellness. Mm. Sleep. We've been colonized not to respect sleep. Our ancestors slept, but we became a capitalist society where making money, earning education, all of these things, formal education, all these things trump everything else. And so we've been colonized not to have respect for sleep. And in fact, sleep is a big part of our overall wellness. And the last piece I will say is our sacred space. What are we doing with our sacred space? Right? We have different cultures, right? If we think of some Chinese culture, we have feng shui and all of those things. Like what is the energetic um, vibration of our space? But there's also, is your space cluttered, right? In my African tradition, it's important not to have dirt in the corners, right? Because there's some spiritual things around dirt in the corners. It's important that your closets, I was just cleaning my closet earlier today. You can't have a dirty closet because that dirty closet really represents what's going on inside of you. Your drawers that are not organized represents what's going on on the inside. Oh my God, I need to, right. okay, I got to fix a lot of things. <laughs> right, get, get to work. But all of those things contribute to your overall wellness, right? When we want to be well, it, goes across many aspects of our life. I can't want to be neurologically regulated and balanced and well and live in a dirty house, right? The dirt, the filth of the house is going to also dirty my neurobiology, right? It's going to dirty me, my my peace of mind. Hmm. So we have to live, right? Cleanliness is next to godliness is a saying that Hmm. we heard um, because sacred space is also very important in working with our, our wellness. So if we say the seven main things, we're going to say movement, land, community, ceremony, um, sacred space, sleep, food, and then some of the other ones that we talked about, dance and laughter, fill in to those seven. Okay. Okay. Well, um, this has been quite informative um you are an incredible person thank you what (laughs) thank you (laughs) um you know again this is this is a very rewarding thing that i get to do here um to share my thoughts with the country to have a platform and, and so much support and you know, I get to learn with you and I appreciate you, Leanna, coming up and learning with me today. I know you had a head start on this because you're the reason that <laughs> the you know, we, we kind of know each other now. But um, this has been just a, a fantastic meeting. We're probably going to break this up into two or three episodes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't state it enough. Um, thank you so much for coming on thank and sharing this insight. Before you go, um, let's let everyone know how they can learn more about you, get a hold of you, anything that you have going on, any sort of digital, whatever. Um, Great. I have, um, you can visit my website, Mm -hmm. healhistoricaltrauma.com. I teach a six level, um, 48 hour historical trauma specialist certification. Mm -hmm. You can find that on my website. I have two books dropping. I'll have one in March, Return to Grace, and that will talk about 
reculturing for um black indigenous people of color how do we return to our grace um, and take some of those steps to learning how to be indigenous again in this 21st century world and then i have my second one coming out in june which will be heal historical trauma and that will go really in depth into how do we heal generational trauma okay one more time let's hit that website healhistoricaltrauma.com all right and it sounds like we have two more visits scheduled for you in the future okay it sounds great prior to both of those book droppings okay um so yeah that is um oh and i do want to say this too i'll do it i get what you mean when you say that you don't want to sound new agey too new agey or whatever because some of the stuff sounds that way, but I want to remind our listeners that there's a scientific basis for everything here. Right. Science. Yes. So for people that are not just given to fanciful explanations of things, there is a legitimate, credible basis for the conversations that we're having today. Obviously, they lie beyond the scope of what it is I'm able to comprehend because mm-hmm. my brain does not handle those words quite that way. Um but again, all that stuff is available at healhistoricaltrauma.com. And then, of course, we're looking forward to the books coming out. Leanna, do us a favor. Let people know about what it is that you do and if they want to support, because I know that you work not just with animals, but, you know, your nonprofit works with people as well. And That's so, right. Let, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I run an organization called the Arizona Pet Project. Mm-hmm. We work with low-income families and families in crisis with pets. Mm-hmm making sure that people aren't forced to choose between their own needs and that of their animals. We see so many instances of of individuals putting their pets before themselves. 50% of women experiencing domestic violence delay leaving their abusers if they can't take their animals with them. So our organization is really all about bringing those services together and making sure that the whole family, including the animals, uh, have a care plan. Got it, got it. And that's um, Arizona Pet Project. Dot com. Uh, azpetproject.org. There we you can go. find us on social media, uh, the Arizona Pet Project. Okay. All right. Perfect. And uh, I, again, I appreciate just the fact that you're a do-gooder, <laughs> right. you know, and I'm, an asp- I'm, I'm aspiring do-gooder. <laughs> and so just uh, creating these bridges um, is very meaningful. Um, but, but yeah, I want to thank you. And then of course I want to thank you as well. Um, and uh, that's going to do it. So, I'd love for your thoughts uh, after hearing this two, three part conversation that we've had today. Uh, you can reach out to me at Ramses Jaw on all social media. Uh, maybe there's some things I missed. Maybe there's some questions you want to know about. Of course, uh, if you don't have enough connective tissue with these two individuals I'm sharing the stage with, you can reach out to me. I'll try to get that that question off for you and get some answers for you. And I guess I'm looking forward to the next time we can all sit down and do it again. Until that day, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.